0: You're listening to Podketeers.
1: Welcome to episode 369 of Podcateers. This week, Black Widow is released in theaters and on Disney Plus via Premiere Access. We talk about the box office numbers and how we think Jungle Cruise will compare. We pivot into a conversation about Disney legends and speculate who will be next to receive the prestigious award. Disneyland Paris is testing charging per attraction. Are Disney World and Disneyland Next. Plus, Haunted Mansion Holiday is coming back as it celebrates 20 years of Jack wrecking the halls. Remember that if you want to join the conversation, you can connect with us over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd love for you to join our growing community over on Discord. You can find an invite to join in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 369. Before we get this thing started, I'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of PodKeteers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podketeers gear, additional content like the new Podcateers After Show we're gonna be posting a couple times a month, uh, access to our monthly happy hour calls and more. So for more info on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, we invite you to check out podcuteers.com slash FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP squad for their continued support. All right, well, it's time to unleash this podcast. So here we go. Here is episode 369 of Podcasters.
2: Like, you so revel.
0: like,
2: so <laughs> It's okay. Oh, just don't
1: put over. the Infinity <laughs> Glove on. Yeah, you can't see And it's we'll over. be okay. We'll be all right. Like, right? Maybe that's it's what making it's making me do. It's giving me the urge to snap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's taking me over. What did I say?
2: The glove. The glove.
3: Oh, you said <laughs> <The> glove. <laughs> <laughs> I keep
1: thinking the the Power
3: Glove from Nintendo was in my head oh. earlier. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, dude, that is a, that's a cool call. Though. I'm, like, the least Marvel guy, and I even know, I know Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, my God.
1: That's so crazy.
3: Yeah, that's on me. That is a bad
1: Marvel fan. Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we were having a conversation about... (laughs) True that. We were having a conversation earlier uh, in one of our work meetings about old school gaming and some of the peripherals that you used to have and how... Uh, the light gun for Nintendo used to work. And then if anybody remembered playing Gyromite with the actual robot that you plugged into the Nintendo and it would play as a second player. Uh, And then we were talking about the power glove and I'm like, man, I missed the power glove. And then we were talking about the, it was the 3d thing that they did, but it was like with the red lenses and it was a really horrible, I forgot what what that one was called.
3: Virtual boy. Virtual boy. Boy. Virtual Virtual boy. yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah, I've had Power Glove in my head all day because I started thinking about <laughs> Captain <laughs> and the Game Master and how he used to use that on the cartoon to like... Anyway, long story short, bad Marvel fan. Bad <laughs> Marvel fan. How dare I? <laughs> uh, what a week. It looks like uh, Black Widow uh, broke some records. Uh, wow. We'll be talking about that in, in a bit. Uh, so much. I mean, Disneyland Paris makes a ton of people angry. Uh, Haunted Mansion <laughs> Holiday is celebrating 20 years. And <sighs> okay, look, I I might get a little heated during that conversation. So I'm just going <laughs> to tell you now you might have to talk me down from the ledge on that one. But okay, uh, we'll be prepared. Yeah. Uh, so much to talk about again. So I guess we can jump in with Black Widow. Uh, this was kind of surprising, you know, because it looks like so far it's brought in about $80 million in the domestic box office. It's brought in 60 million just from Disney plus premiere sales. And uh, so far it looks like 78 million from international sales. I remember not too long ago, we were having a conversation about how soon people were going to feel comfortable going back into a movie theater to see films. I, I, felt like the movie theater experience wasn't going to rebound, that it was going to really suffer uh, There's these numbers seem to show that that is not the case I think after being in their homes for so long, people were just at a point where they wanted to go out, they wanted to have date nights and you know be out, other than in their living rooms watching films F9, Fast and the Furious franchise, I, I think held the previous record over a three day period with 70 million. This uh, black widow brought in an extra 10. I mean, how do you feel about the whole movie theater going experience as a whole? Because the the one argument I made is watching films from the comfort of your own home, I, I mean, in a way is much nicer, especially when you're taking a large family, right? As soon as you have to start paying for multiple tickets and concessions, every trip to the movies, was a good 100 to 120 bucks after tickets and all the popcorn and nachos and stuff that i like to eat (laughs) and at home i could just make all of that stuff to my my heart's content but i mean the numbers don't lie you know the numbers are showing that there is uh a wanting from people uh where
3: do you all fall on this one yeah this was actually we saw this in the theater oh uh, right on tina nice. we went and saw it we um kind of just last minute like we need we want something to do it's you know 115 out at home um so we decided we'd you know we looked on fandango saw what the ticket you know how full the theater was it was it was a larger theater uh, with the reclining seats and everything um there's probably maybe 20 to 30 people in a like 150 seat 100 seat house so we had plenty of space around um we felt real comfortable in there um and it is such a surreal thing to like start doing these things again just like it was at disneyland and stuff like that um but it is i do it does make a lot of difference sitting in the movies and like i'll do whatever i can i'll be like okay i'm gonna watch this movie we're going to watch whatever, Luca or something else. You know, we watch it. I'm at home. I have this compulsion. I got to grab my phone and check it and all this stuff. Hmm. I don't have that that feeling when I'm at the movies. It's off. It's in my pocket. It's. I'm here to watch the movie. I paid, you know, too much money <laughs> yeah. for for all this popcorn and everything. So I'm going to pay attention and get it all through. But it was – I. it does – It feels weird to do it but it also have you have that experience that that i'm here to do a thing and i'm gonna watch the thing and yeah it is a different mindset you're in when you're at the the theater as opposed to watching it at home
0: yeah i i could see i could see that because yeah i do grab my phone (laughs) i do grab my phone at times and you know what it's funny i'm actually gonna bring back what Albert said when he had seen Cruella I've seen the movie but I think I'd rather have seen it in theaters yeah and I remember him you know talking about that but I think I'd rather have seen it in theaters and because there are some scenes that you would get a better appreciation if you were to see it like full screen in front of you and yeah. you could see everything
3: five stories yeah. tall yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Right. <laughs>
0: Got to feel that but, Um Right. The only thing, though, at home, you could pause if you go to the restroom. So I'm kind of spoiled yep. on that part. Yep.
3: Yep. That's <laughs> definitely a, a <laughs> setback of going to see it in the theater. Right. Yeah. That was me. I mean, well, for me, uh, my wife, Rebecca, we
2: have always been the um, please don't spoil this for us, because even before the mm-hmm. pandemic, we always waited for the crowds to just die down because we hated to being like, oh, you don't got the good seat. Oh man, I don't got the good, you know, timing. I'm coming at a weird time. I want to eat. I want to. I want to get. We were because Marvel movies, especially Marvel movies, usually the first two weekends were like crazy madhouse, right? I don't know how it is mm-hmm. now, but uh, for this one specifically, Black Widow, I was like. I'm all on board with being able, and Melissa just mentioned, pause and play. Because this is the first time, like, a Marvel movie that I could remember distinctively where I could do that. Because I hate in the theater. Not I shouldn't say that. I, I don't like when I walk away in the theater and I go, wait a sec. Did I miss something? Because I am the one that kind of, like, needs it a couple of times for it to really get into that point to where it resonates with me, I guess. And it was really cool to do that with this movie specifically. Because... I'll I'll admit, I felt like the story moved pretty quick. Not to say Marvel movies have been slow, but they've had to explain a lot in, for example, the Avengers series. There's so much, right? And this Mm -hmm. one, they were kind of just boom, 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 action and right into storylines. So it felt really cool to be able to just, like, pause here and there. But the movie feel, what Andrew said and what Melissa said, it can't be replicated. It's especially with Marvel, and you got full sound effects, lighting and there is something about even when you got kids i don't have them but i've had nieces and nephews in the movies it kind of sets the tone with your you know your younglings to be like hey guys we the movies you know get ready this is kind of an exciting thing like let's all get in, like involved in the movie kind of thing
1: kind of hard to do that at home wait you're saying it's harder to get into it while you're at home or harder to get into it when you're in the theater with kids
2: i think what andrew was saying it's like it's harder to not distract yourself because you're in your home and there's like your phone and there could be something that goes on. oh gotcha gotcha Mm gotcha okay um so
1: okay so on top of the fact that you know we usually end up having to pay for four tickets and all the concessions you know the gummy bears or the candy uh we've obviously there's ways around that you know but we don't always (laughs) do that uh, I could just stop snacking on so much damn stuff when I'm there and, you know, <laughs> meeting adjourned, right? But, so I mean, good. then what's the fun of it? Uh, so the the thing about movie theaters for me is that I think my kids are finally at an age where they might understand a little bit more about enjoying something that you're watching. However, their attention span still cannot hold the three-hour Marvel film. They mm-hmm. still get up. They still have to go to the restroom. They still have to you know, do certain things. So the movie-going experience for me, I, I feel it's something that I will enjoy more for some time until my kids are older as a date night with my wife. Like where it's just the two of us where I don't have to worry about one of them saying, Dad, can you get me this? Can you get me soda? Can I have more popcorn? Can I have the candy? Can I <laughs> – rustling of you know packages next to me and stuff like that or worrying about them playing around or complaining that you know they're bored or whatever the case is right so uh for me i feel like if my wife and i go out on date night and that's what we spend our time doing then i would have a better time than watching the film at home because with the kids there are those additional distractions where if i miss something i'll just rewind it and quickly watch that piece again or yeah. I can pause it, go do whatever I got to do like you were mentioning, right? Uh, when it comes to Disney films, though, I still believe that it's a lost opportunity for Disney to team up with all of these movie theaters and say, Hey, if you send us a picture of your receipt or you know your ticket stub or whatever the case is, We'll give you at least one screening on premiere access for free so you can watch it again, or uh, we'll give you access because you've already paid for it, or we'll give it to you at a discount uh, just something, yeah, right? So that if you did miss something, uh, or you had to get up to go to the restroom, whatever the case was, you have the opportunity to watch it again and you don't feel like oh, all this time and I, you know, missed like the greatest part of the film, or whatever the case is. <laughs> Uh, so I really do think that's a lost opportunity. But for me, that's big as far as those additional comforts that you've all mentioned that make it easier to just stay home now to just watch something yeah. here. Granted, I do miss the five-story screen like you were talking about, and I do <laughs> miss the surround sound that you get, especially with Marvel movies. And, who, if Black Widow didn't have some action scenes that I would not have minded seeing that large with that type of rumble. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Black Widow seemingly doing really well. Uh, Post-pandemic, it looks like it's breaking some records here. And it's going to be interesting to see where we land with Jungle Cruise, right? Because Jungle Cruise is just uh, about a week or two away from releasing from the day that this episode releases. July 30th is when it uh, comes out on Disney plus via premiere access. Uh, that's a Friday. So yeah, it premieres in theaters as well. Uh, if you could estimate right now, just judging on how well uh, Black Widow's doing, how do you think the Jungle Cruise movie is going to do?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell because I mean, the rock really does have that draw that, you know, star power. I mean, not that Scarlett Johansson and everybody else doesn't, Um, so it's kind of hard to tell, um, because, you know, these people, you know, not everybody knows what the Jungle Cruise is. I mean, we all know, and everybody that listens to this knows, but not everybody knows what the Jungle Cruise is, even though it's been around for 60 years. Um, so that might be a drawback for some people, uh, that are looking to watch a movie, um, But there's also not a ton in the theaters right now. So I think it'll do at least as well as Black Widow.
0: (laughs) I love how you said that. (laughs) It was basically, basically, I'm going to be going to the movie theaters for this. So (laughs) (laughs) it's going to drag me out to go out. I kind of see, I kind of see this movie doing... Maybe neck and neck. I, I don't yeah. think it's going to be Black Widow. Um, but I think it's going to be neck and neck. And I think it's because those of us who, A, follow The Rock, v are Disney fans, I think we're going to go out there and I think we're going to see this movie um, in theaters. I, I have to. I mean, we saw the trailer and... I don't want to see it at home. I I want a big screen. Give me close close up and stuff. So, yeah, I You want
3: to see a 10-foot long eyebrow?
0: Pretty much. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's I'm it's no secret. I'm a huge fan, so I'm like I'm I'm going to I would love to go. And I don't know. I'm curious to see how many people will be there.
3: Yeah. So, that's why I liked Fandango. I was able to see like how many people yeah I was able to see how many people I mean we booked it our when we saw Black Widow we booked it like I don't know two hours before we went Mm -hmm. so there was a chance of it filling up but it it really didn't you know so it's kind of you can kind of pick and choose and um especially since they're not like filling up filling up you know you leave the two seats between the people and people are probably not gonna pick those so we lucked out we had nobody around like on like 25 feet around us where we nice. were sitting. So that's awesome. it was, yeah, it was pretty good. So it was, it was a good, like, that's a good way to kind of see. You can see how big the theater is, how many seats are in there, how many people are, yeah. So that's a, that's what we're, we're also planning to see Jungle Cruise, I think, in the theater. So
1: Larry, how much are you looking forward to Jungle Cruise and how would you compare it to any type of anticipation you had for Black Widow, you know, with how much of a
2: fan you are of the MCU? I'm going to be the variant in this situation. I don't think Jungle Cruise is going to bring the heat. I think it might bring Ooh. half of what Black Widow did. And that's only before your shots fire, everybody. Look out. <laughs> before That's because I'm basing this off of the what Andrew mentioned. Uh, how many of us outside of the Disney fandom really have an attachment to Jungle Cruise? Um, and I look at the past of their attraction movies. I love movies like haunted mansion but people hate that Eddie murphy movie not hate it they just don't like it and yeah. and there's no, they tomorrowland hate let's be honest they, they hate, hate it. it they hate <laughs> it okay <laughs> yeah, they hate it. and there's tomorrowland george clooney great story i thought this believing in tomorrow creating this greater image but real sci-fi didn't do so well so pirates of the caribbean i felt like was you know this good whirlwind of combination of good acting good writing and everything that was a great timing for that ride and I just look at the Haunted Mansion movie, how many times they've had to redo that, at Disney. They've, I mean, as far as I know, it's been done twice now, the story, and a new director. So I'm kind of worried in this realm of like half of what Black Widow would do. That's where I'm at. And my, my excitement level is timid. This was the one where I'm like, I want to see what everyone says first because I like The Rock. I think he's a great actor and he brings comedy and action in a realm that not a lot of actors can nail. Obviously, the guy used to be in the WWE, and now he's a great actor. So, I mean, that says something. So, I'm just going to be hesitant on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, you all bring up really great points. Um, I think Black Widow, it's the culmination of Natasha Romanoff's storyline, right? Because after we saw her die in uh, Endgame, you know, we wanted some closure because it ended – really horribly for her and for Mm -hmm. her not to get some kind of character redemption after that. Yeah, she died a hero and everything, but still. And I can tell you that after watching that film, I'm way more content with what I originally thought was going to be just a common origin story, which it did have elements of, but it just turned out to be so much better, like 300 times percent Better than I anticipated. As compared to, I don't know, Captain Marvel. Don't do it.
2: <laughs> it. Sorry, well, I it. I thought true. of that yeah. immediately. I go. You it's know what, is gonna say. Captain Marvel. He's gonna bring it up. I mean, it doesn't even put it in the same realm. I'll be honest. Like, but well, it's also not really.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not really an origin story though. There is like, like you said, if there's elements of it. You kind of see a little bit at the beginning. That's a good point. But mm-hmm. then it's all after. It takes place after what? Civil War. Civil War, yeah. It's so 2016. It
1: does, I mean, it does jump around, and I think that's yeah. what threw me off. Because originally, when the first trailers happened, it did look like it was going to be an origin story, and yeah. there was a part of me that was a little turned off about that, especially because of Captain Marvel. Look, I'm just going to continue <laughs> saying it. <that>. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so this one, I think, as far as these types of films are concerned, really redeemed itself. Uh, I felt that it was a really well-told story. Larry, you made a great point about how it just flows, right? It's just stacked with action. Again, every scene I felt had a purpose. I didn't think anything was just filler, just like we've been talking about with Loki recently. The timeline in this film did jump around. You know, we did get a little bit of the origin, which I want to say was Captain Marvel era-ish, because it was like 95. The 90s. Uh, And then it... And then it kind of takes place right after Civil War. And then we get some other stuff that, you know what? We'll talk about that on the next After Show. How about that? I think we should do a deep dive (laughs) on Black Widow. Uh, By the time this episode releases, the final episode of Loki will be out. So this week we won't do an After Show. We'll wait till next week. And on next week's After Show, exclusively on Patreon for the FGP Squad, we're going to deep dive into Black Widow and we'll talk about Loki and the series finale for that show. So FGP Squad members, make sure that you check Patreon for that next week. And if you're not a member of the FGP Squad, this is a fantastic opportunity for you to check it out. podcasttierscom slash FGP is where you want to go for more information. The FGP Squad is a group of folks that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. Uh, we call them our podcast Fairy Godparents, but they've called themselves the FGP Squad because that's way easier to hashtag, and I completely understand <laughs> that. Being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like this additional content, exclusive discount codes, access to our monthly happy hour call, and more. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can join our Discord server, ask us questions there. We have an exclusive section for the FGP Squad there as well. But for uh, more info, again, podcasterscom FGP. And of course, all of the members of the FGP Squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support.
3: And that's going to be fun. Going back to the first after show, I have my list of I have thirteen villains that will fight that that I think can f- the pet Avengers can fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> nice. If you want to if you want to hear the um, <laughs> my own concoction of uh, villain animals, FGP after show. Nice, I love it. You have some great <laughs> ones in there. Uh, I yeah. did
1: not have a very good one. Uh mine was not as punny as yours was because I just chose mm-hmm. another fruit. So there you go. <laughs> There's a teaser. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of the rock, we have uh some other stuff coming out from him very soon as well. Uh we do have his Disney Plus original series that's going to be premiering very soon. 10 parts uh, that's going to concentrate on attractions. It's called Behind the Attraction. You're going to hear tons of fantastic interviews. I believe there's going to be some rare archival interviews with Walt Disney himself that have never been seen before, or at least that's what I've heard so far. Uh, I hope that's the case, and it's not just part of my tin collection that, you know, not Mm -hmm. many people have seen. Uh, but I'm really excited about this. Rarely. Yeah. They're diving, yeah, uh, they're diving <laughs> into a lot of attractions that are very beloved uh, Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, Star Tours, Tower of Terror, now Mission Breakout, that story, uh, Space Mountain, Small World, and even the Hall of Presidents. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, Mel, you brought up a, a really great point about what we see for The Rock. Do you want to share that theory?
0: Sure. We see him inducted as a Disney legend in the next D23 Expo. Yay! And I know that's that's heavy to be like, oh my gosh, you're nuts. Yes, I know. But <laughs> I mean, to, to think about it, okay, because I'm like, okay, every Expo, there's a big name. There's always a big name. And if they're going to have to bring back the Expo, who else than The Rock to be inducted and be the head? You know, the
3: the, mate, the, the big name H- draw. Yeah, yeah. why yeah. not? Mm-hmm.
0: Why not? We've got Jungle Cruise coming out. We've got, I mean, you just mentioned the new show. I mean, there's so much. And he was in Moana. So, Why not? Yeah. Why not? So might as well call it heard it here first on Podcasters.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Who do we? Does anybody else have any other speculation as to who might be inducted into the Disney Legends?
0: Well, Mary
1: Poppins herself, Emily Blunt.
3: Oh yeah, Jungle Cruise also. Um, what about like, I don't know. There like, is Joe Rody already a Disney Legend? Is Tony no, Baxter already a Disney coming, Legend? No, but he's coming, man. He's retired. I think retired. next. Yeah yeah so i mean that might be also uh kevin rafferty yeah kevin recently retiring as well um so those might be some some contenders that uh for disney legend who knows yeah that's i don't i don't know who i always have to like have the list it's such a long list of disney legends at this point Mm -hmm. that it's hard to like who's not a disney legend at this point yep.
0: <laughs> oh there's there's yep. a few good names oh there's
3: there's a, i mean there's enough but floyd norman um yeah. i don't know if he's a disney legend yeah that'd he be... is he is he okay
0: if we did an episode i just can't remember
3: did you okay yeah we have <laughs> yeah. A see i have it that's that's the what i need to be looking at all the disney legends
0: you know the voice of leota maleficent Come on, Disney, you hear us. (laughs) Oh,
1: Elder Aldrich, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I mean, they're coming. I mean, I I think this next D23 Expo, it's going to be interesting, you know, because I think there's still a ton of people that, uh, although I think it's going to be full of people that are just ready to go back, there's also going to be a handful of people that aren't necessarily going to be fully open to just being around so many people yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I know that when we last were talking about the expo, uh, Gavin had shared his experience with doing the design expo online and how it just turned out to be such a great experience because he was able to hit all of the presentations that he wanted to go to without having to stand in lines. So he could go to the restroom whenever he wanted, you know, he didn't have to stand in lines for food and it was just from the comfort of his own home. Right. And mm-hmm. if... I really think that Disney needs to take that opportunity and do the same thing with the D23 expo, because uh, although as locals or as close to locals as we can be uh, there, it does get crazy, uh, especially considering that so many people would go to the expo and then go to the parks after, but there's Mm -hmm. so many people that are excluded from being able to go because they live so far away. And so there's, there's really these two big things, right? We have the D23 Expo and then Destination D that happens over in Florida. If you can't make it to either coast to one of these big Disney conventions, then you're kind of out of luck. Disney's really trying to recuperate a lot of the money that they say that they lost during the pandemic. By bringing that interactive and online element, this is a great way to do it if they bring back the yeah. Expo. You know, Plus, it makes it a lot more comfortable for a lot of people. And I think it's just the future of streaming for everything, right? No matter what type of business you're in, if you have a convention, I see, like, Comic-Con doing the same thing, or I see, like, WonderCon mm-hmm. doing the same thing later on. So definitely it's something that I believe should happen. Uh, would you sign up for something like that, Andrew? Or do you te- do you try to make it to all three days living up in Northern California?
3: I've... i Ever since I've been going, I've I've gone. Uh, One year I was just unable. I only went to the Saturday or Friday or Saturday. I was only able to go one day out of the three. But all the rest of them, I think the five that I've been to, four I've gone all three days. So I do make it a point to to try and make it out. Try and you know get dressed up as Sala, go say hi to the people, all the fans of Sala. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I really love going into the the marketplace with all the, you know, all the collectors and everything and trying to, you know, find that little gem. So I if I was unable to go, I think this would be fantastic, though, if if for some reason, you know, work doesn't work out or whatever, I have a show or something that day and I can't get it off. I would definitely pay for this. You know, I want to see everything live as opposed to okay we're two hours away you know next day some YouTube channels like recap of it because you're not supposed to record a lot of the big panels and stuff like yeah. that so being able to actually see the panels seeing everything I think it would be be great you know and also it would I think maybe alleviate a little bit of that crowd in the expo itself and make that a little bit more comfortable for the people that are going that okay the people that are here just to see the big panels they don't care about getting any merch they don't care about this or that they can just do it online and it's fine you know and you know what i'd you know if i couldn't go i'd pay half the ticket price to you know or something like that 50 bucks a day or i i don't even remember what ticket prices are but i'd pay a good chunk of money to see that if i wasn't able to go
2: for me when i was well d23 has been going on when i was living in central california as well and mm-hmm. it was always one of those things where i you know andrew and melissa you know we were friends during that time and it was a thing i felt like i was missing out on but it wasn't one of those things where i i didn't have the full convention feel quite yet because i was always so worried about getting to the park and, and being that my main thing to go when i made it to anaheim so i felt like cutting that into my Plans of a park to visit always was like this worry of mine because I was going, I'd say like you know five to six times a year, and uh, you always had kind of like budgeted out, and that's like it wasn't a lot to go to D23, but it's the time, and um, mm-hmm. but when I started hearing about what was available with the expos, as I like, funny thing as I like, got here into Southern California, I realized what I was missing out on as a Disney fan, um, and, and I would say now yeah you're right, Hazen, like it does have an interesting argument because you got. The group that, like me, if I knew what was available, I would have said, hey, how about give us a slice of that? Maybe something not the whole, you know, full thing online, but maybe a slice of giving that online. And then some of those things, you we know that you had to be there to go to the convention, right? Maybe like meeting in the middle somewhere. It's for the D23 fans, but I know it is like a membership, so there'd have to be a meeting in the middle somewhere for that. But I had one more weird thing. Is Tom Hanks a Disney legend yet? I don't think so, right? Oh, no. That's my pool so. because, I mean, I, you got I, Saving Mr. I, Banks. You got Toy Story. Wait,
3: Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were gosh, inducted at the same no, time? No, it was Tim yes. Allen. If
2: I remember right, <laughs> Tim Allen got it, but not Tom Hanks. I don't know if that's just timing or
3: what. I mean, but. I thought they got inducted at the same time. Mm. Wilson, yeah. however, not at Disneyland. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Which Wilson? Wilson. The Wilson, of the one Tom from Hanks Home Improvement Wilson or Tim Allen's Wilson? No, Tim Allen's Wilson from oh. Home Improvement. Oh, not Tom Hanks's Wilson, the volleyball from Castaway? Both Away? of them. Both of them. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Honestly, D23 for me has really been about seeing the Disney Legend ceremony. It just feels really special to be a part of something like that because it's part of Disney's legacy in a way that. A panel or you know an interview or something can't necessarily be a part of you know the experience and yeah a lot of the panels are great They they share a lot of fantastic things uh, I'm always going to hold in my heart how lucky I was to see Marty Sklar's last appearance at d23 and that I mean that can never be taken away from me right but I just remember when I was at, at Disneyland for Tony Baxter's window dedication, you know, when he became a, a Disney legend, man, that was one of those m- the most magical things I've ever experienced as a Disney fan. And that experience carries over into the Disney legend ceremony. And a lot of the names I think people don't necessarily know about because they're not as deep into Disney fandom as some of us are. And even for some of us Disney fans, they're they induct people that work on other parks or that, you know, are aren't the face of imagineering at times, you know, and so they they're names that contribute so much to the magic that we enjoy, but yet, you know, these are unsung heroes in many cases. And so that's why that ceremony is so special to me. And so every D twenty three. I've always kind of said, as long as I get to see the Disney Legend Ceremony, I made like that was my weekend, right? Anything else is icing on the cake for me. And that's kind of how I've maneuvered. If there's panels that I want to see. Yeah, I've been disappointed in the past where I can't, you know, I I get a ticket too late. Like this last one, I didn't get a chance to go the Saturday that I wanted to go and see the Haunted Mansion panel. Mel and Gav were there, but I completely missed out on it. And I. I, like I would have loved to have been able to see a live version of that online. You know, Larry, you brought up a, a great point that if if they found a way to somehow meet in the middle where you could split your time or you know, when you said Andrew you would pay like a half ticket, I'd pay mm-hmm. full price, man. I would pay yeah. absolute full price because being able to pay full price for my wife and my kids to watch those things with me while I'm sitting at home and not have to stand in line with four people for hours and hours and hours and (laughs) hours and hours and hours and hours at a time. That's fantastic. You get to enjoy so much, you know? And on top of that, if I went to the expo, let's say that they like, they made, um, let's say like tickets are, I don't know, like 130 bucks, let's say. Right. Right. But then they said, hey, for an extra 50 bucks, we'll allow you to gain video access to the full production versions of all of the panels. I could go to D23, spend time with my friends. You know, we could all meet up. We could do whatever we wanted. If we're able to, catch a panel live or two, you know, or two. Grab some lunch, go to all of the booths and the marketplace like you were talking about. But you don't have Mm -hmm. the stress of standing in line or doing anything else because you know you have access later on. You can concentrate on everything else. And that would just be so fantastic because there's so much to do at the expo. You'd never feel like you got your money's worth because of how much you're standing in line and how much you actually missed. So – I totally be on board with that. I think you all brought up some some fantastic options and some great points. And yes, Mel, I absolutely co-sign on the Rock uh, being a Disney Legend. You can't <laughs> you can't not have the guy from Race to Witch Mountain, uh, or what was it, the right? game plan? You know, uh, not inducted into uh, the Disney Legend the, Hall of Fame or the, it, tooth the, fairy? the Tooth Fairy or oh, the Tooth Fairy, yeah, the Tooth
3: Fairy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so Not including he, his appearances on
2: Hannah Montana and Wizards of Waverly Place, he's been on both of them, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> See?
3: So he's
1: had a long line, uh, a long legacy, you know, with Disney. So I think it's about time. I think it's about time. So uh, if you have. Any uh, suggestions of who you would want to throw into the Disney Legend pool, join the conversation. Leave a comment over on Instagram, Facebook, or on our Discord server. we love for you to join our growing community there. If you are not yet a member, you can find an invite in the blog post for this episode over at podcuteers.com slash and uh, Just click on it. It'll launch Discord, and you'll be able to join within a matter of seconds. Um yeah, I, I wonder who other people are gonna throw out there as I, I, who they yeah. think are. I just
3: want to do some clarifying. Floyd Norman is a Disney legend. Um and Tom Hanks is not a Disney legend. I was like, I don't oh, think he's, he's, not. Tom Hanks yet. he's and not
0: everything else. <laughs> I was like
3: I it's like some Mandela effect stuff oh, you where guys I was like it, right? they got inducted at the same time. Wow. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm looking through the whole list. Um that's my call.
0: Yeah, like Tom Hanks, Hanks or
3: Whoopi Goldberg in there. I mean, well, Tim Burton I, also not a a Disney legend. Um, yeah, so I'm just looking at a we list. Learn
0: something new every day. Woo. Yeah,
3: I there's a lot of Disney legends and um, some surprising Disney legends. Uh, so, <laughs> but we'll see. I. If, you, Could have yeah.
1: sworn that Tom Hanks was a Disney legend.
3: You would think, right? I I just looked up Tom Hanks Disney Legend. It comes up Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I think that's how they sell it to people a lot. You know, wow. that, I remember
2: Tim Allen's induction. Uh, just seeing like replays of it, I wasn't there, but I saw replays. But I don't remember Tom Hanks getting in on that year. And I just thought, you got Saving uh-huh. Mr. Banks, you got Woody, not including you know everything else he's done with Disney. But uh, it, it would be. I know it's part of logistics, too. Disney has to get them there because it is a live thing. Like you said, and there's a big thing about being there. But it would be really cool to see Tom Hanks to get that because, uh, I mean, yeah. uh, we all
3: know him as, well, now even as Walt, but we all know him as Woody. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. I mean, plus there's, I mean, yeah, but you can see, I mean, Tim Allen had a lot more. I mean, plus with, with Home Improvement and the Santa Claus and everything. he's Oh, done yeah. There. Absolutely, um, yeah. So it makes sense. I mean, because it was uh, – um we're just going to get into this disney legend talk for <laughs> this could be its own thing 900 <laughs> years is, uh uh 2000 and well 99 i was tim lost allen. it tim allen uh, got 99, 99 99
1: okay i went way yeah. past it on my list he was dick nunez's <laughs> so, yeah. class and yale gracie they were inducted mm-hmm. the same year so if yeah, so... if it was a mandela effect Maybe in 2012, yeah. when everything reset and the aliens came down, maybe that's why you <laughs> thought it was both of them. Oh, maybe. <laughs> come on, go. I had to take it there. <laughs>
3: oh, man. I saw everyone roll their eyes collectively. I was like, come on, I had to take it there. Come on. <laughs> how? I just want to know how... Uh, card Walker became a uh, Disney legend before Frank Wells. That's what I want. I'm not know.
2: questioning any Disney that... legends. I want to stay how... in the realm of maybe Spem Day in the
3: nearby distant yeah, future. Yeah, but okay. Did you watch the Imagineering story? They kind of like threw Card Walker under the bus in that uh, <laughs> <I laughs> movie. Mean... So it's not just that. <laughs> it's in many. Yeah, other well, yeah. Well. Card, yeah. So Card Walker is a Disney legend, but not Tom Hanks. Yeah, we'll see. Is how we're we're uh, ending that whole full whole
2: plug for Tom <laughs> Hanks here. Yeah,
3: I'm on the. Let's start a petition, Tom Hanks for Disney Legend, please. I don't think please we're gonna think. have to try very hard. <laughs> and, I now that you mention you. it,
1: yeah, now that you mention it, I, I think he's next. The next uh, ceremony, I think we'll just call it in this one. It's gonna so, be Tom it's Hanks. It's gonna be The Rock. Tom Hanks. Emily Blunt. Who else? Are Joe Roddy. Would it be
2: more fun though yet? if like? We just pick who like one of us picks So I got Tom Hanks, Melissa got
3: the Rock, you know, like we'll, we all we'll have pick, a pick. Like and then we'll have a like a, a football poll yeah. like going on. It's four choices here. <laughs> you all took the good one. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> come on, you asked us. You asked us. Write
0: <laughs> what in. Write your uh, right I'm just gonna name I'm just gonna in. double
1: up. Just put uh just put ten <laughs> on each one for for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man. laughs>
3: Well, then you got to get the order who they're gonna do how yeah. how which order they're gonna be. So I just oh. looked up Tom Hanks's Disney roles just to to double clarify. And Turner and Hooch, which is was I believe wasn't that a Fox property that is now Disney, um, and Splash, and then the uh, the new Pinocchio. He's gonna be Geppetto in the live action. Of Pinocchio. course, so they got, got. I don't think they would mention on Splash. the way. Oh. Splash. I mean oh. considering
1: they edited Splash for Disney Plus I'm pretty sure but a, they would just but not on, do it
3: but it's on Disney Plus so, yeah, yeah but, I guess Yeah, I, I mean guess. they're not going to mention uh, The Lady Killers and Bridge of Spies I think which are also <laughs> technically Disney yeah. um, Very, The Lady Killers is an interesting movie that has nothing to do with this podcast so I won't <laughs> talk more about it <laughs> Uh,
1: well, if we had to select an order, since you mentioned it, uh, just from <laughs> the pool of people that uh, I think we've mentioned, I'm going to say somewhere in the beginning would be Emily Blunt, depending on who else is mm-hmm. being yeah. inducted. Then I think it would be Tom Hanks. I think mm-hmm. Joe Rody would be one of the highlights. And then the ceremony would be over. But then Bob Iger would come out and be like, oh, that's right. We got... One more Bob thing for J-Pick, you. Peck, thank nope, you
3: very much. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope, Bob I know what, I, know no, what Bob- I said. I you know what I said. I know what I said. You're dreaming, man. Bobby Iger is going to come out
1: <laughs> as the MC of the legend <laughs> ceremony, and he's going to say, well, we hope you've enjoyed our ceremony, but there is just one more thing. Lights will go dark, and then you're going to hear, if you smell oh, wow. what yes. the rock <laughs> is cooking. And then from there, they'll be like, Dwayne Johnson got his start as a football player in Miami, transitioning to the WWE and starring in such films as The Tooth Fairy, The Game Plan*, <laughs> and then starring as Maui in Disney's Moana. And then The Rock will come out as the surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, win the whole thing at the end. <laughs>
3: And that'll be the end of the Disney Legends. So ceremony. the Rock puts like <laughs> like puts like Joe Roddy in a headlock. And <laughs> he the people's put the, the people's elbow on Joe Roddy. <laughs> he at the Like down. the people's elbow. Yeah, that's right. Tom Hanks with a chair. Like
1: <laughs> it, it'll be funny. A whole Rumble thing is gonna go down on the stage. You see some
3: people's elbows, couple rock bottoms.
1: You know, you know how the rock <laughs> does.
3: They have to fight it out. So these people are—they have a chance to be a Disney legend. They have to fight it out, and the one that comes out on top is yeah, that's who wins it at the very end. That's the new—that's how it right works. Right before now. it ends, Vince right.
2: McMahon comes to the doors, and guess what's coming to Disney Plus? WWE.
3: <laughs> <laughs> then whoever wins gets their animatronic on the Jungle Cruise attraction. There you go. <laughs> You'll be
1: in the hall of presidents
3: <laughs> if you win this you know one. what <laughs> the way that rock's going you know maybe he might end up in the hall of presidents you never know 2024 <laughs> yeah be Dwayne Johnson. according to his tv show yeah never know. Oh, i,
1: I gotta say i am enjoying young rock <laughs> if you haven't been watching that this is a good show oh, it's, it's a really good show. Young rock's fun a good show.
3: i love it yeah andre the giant in there i mean yeah it's great
1: yeah i've, I've had a lot of fun watching it um so, yeah, join uh, the conversation. Let us know who you think would win <laughs> a Disney Legend Award with or without laying the smackdown at the end of the ceremony. Uh, it'll be fun to speculate. And when they finally start announcing the honorees for the next Disney Legend ceremony, it'll be, see- it'll be fun to see how many we actually were able to nail down for the next one.
3: And here comes Dave Bautista with a chair. <laughs> oh, that's
1: another one.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: yep. I mean with Guardians, oh man. All right. Okay. This goes way deeper now. You said oh, Royal Rumble who's definitely going to get one? Board. Chadwick is going to get a Disney Legend award. Oh, you, that's your
2: guess right there. Uh, that course. should be your guess. Yeah. That's a good one. That's of the, course. Yeah. And with the most type of role
1: it. he played, yeah, with the type mm-hmm. of role he played in Black Panther, and how important that film was and you know all the murals that we're seeing from him uh i think chadwick boseman is definitely going to be one in line for a disney legend award for sure uh okay so uh let's move on there's tons more to talk about and i feel like we've we've talked a lot about Disney Legends. <laughs> I've a Royal Rumble over. It's like not even yeah.
3: on the list of things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. well, what, You know a little what? Bit, there,
1: but... There's some stuff. Um, what do you guys think about this thing that Paris is doing as far as attractions are concerned? Because uh, it looks like there was a report that they're confusing people by offering Disney Plus inside of the parks now with Premier Access. Is that what's happening? <laughs> Disney
3: Paris Plus. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it, you know. It's like a rebrand, Lightning McQueen something. I don't know. Is it a Cars Disney Plus channel? I don't know. So uh, Disneyland Paris put out an announcement
1: this last week that they're reconfiguring their FastPass system into something called Premier Access. And the idea behind this Premier Access is to essentially replace the current FastPass system. Uh, It's speculated that it's going to run about 8 to 15 Uh, dollars per person. Was that what they were speculating? No. Per per
3: person, per attraction. Per
1: attraction, right? Right. Per uh, attraction, yeah. Their Autopia, Big Thunder, Laser Blast, the Buzz Lightyear attraction, Peter Pan's Flight, Star Tours, uh, Ratatouille, uh, Tower of Terror. uh, What am I missing? Oh, uh, and uh, Hyperspace Mountain. Yeah, Space Mountain for them. um these are all attractions that are going to require this new access pass. It's weird to think that we're kind of going back to the days of a e-ticket book, Uh right? To, to ride these attractions, except that it's not necessarily to get on. It's to jump in front of the line. Now, uh, before I toss it over to all of you for your thoughts, I do want to throw out there that this isn't the first time that Paris has done this. This is now the second or third time that they've launched uh, a program like this. Uh, They did have a super fast pass uh, that was available back in 2018. And then they had ultimate fast pass, which were both front of the line access. And uh, I don't know exactly what attractions were a part of it, but this isn't new to Paris. But I mm-hmm. think what's really getting to people is that with all of the changes and with the uh, annual pass program here, especially at Disneyland, going away, that this program will come to Florida and then trickle down to Anaheim. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I don't – it's um, – I hope not um, is the the sentiment. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting because it seems like – it's another pilot program it you know i think those other two fast pass iterations pay fast pass iterations um were also probably some sort of live test and that's what this seems like as well and i think in my opinion we're gonna be they're going to be seeing the validity of it over there before they bring it over here and who knows maybe it crashes and burns and then we don't ever have to deal with it because that would be fantastic but uh naming convention is a little strange um just because i mean i don't know over in europe if they have disney plus premiere access i don't know if that's a thing because uh, i don't live in europe so um maybe they're like we have this great name we use for disney plus but they don't have it we don't have Premier access over here and they're like oh, let's just use that yeah, that's a good point. Um, but it's interesting because I think those other two fast pass programs, the the super ultimate fast pass and stuff, they didn't they were just on top of what fast pass already existed. It wasn't like a it was just like a fr- a front of line fast pass as opposed to just getting into the fast pass line where this fast pass is going away and you only have the pay option or stand in a queue. But there is something to be said for look at how we are right now with no queues, no uh, fast passes. I'm sorry. Uh, look how we are with no fast passes. The, the lines are not as large as they were. So if only a select few, you know, fast passes never come back and only a select few people are paying this premium fee, then overall line weights might go down. You know, just like they are currently where we're not waiting. Your average wait time for all attractions goes down, like I've said before.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm kind of conflicted with this because I understand that Disney wants to, you know, this would be a time to test anything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when they have like the, the, you know, crowd control. But the hard part is that these are folks who are, I, I don't think. Like I don't think there's any. Okay, scratch that. I'm not sure if Paris has a um, an AP program, and kind of right now, every like we're starting to go out and whatnot. Um, I don't know if it would have been the right time to start charging more, especially like right now. What's what's happening? You know, we're just like I said, we're barely able to go for one day at the park and I think it could have waited just a little bit until things were rolling a little bit more for people just in general because if that comes here it's gonna hurt a lot of people and I I'm reading it and I'm still I my brain is like cannot comprehend (laughs) the nine to eight dollars per person per ride parts like, I would not want to pay. I love indie, but I'm sorry, I'm not paying nine dollars to ride every single time. Like, no. Oh, on
3: top, on top of your uh, several hundred dollar, exactly. or whatever ticket fee. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: I'm, I'm kind of, I, ugh, it's just, it's hard to just read and listen and look at what's happening and re- just no (laughs) kind of want to throw some holy water on is like no (laughs) what might be good i just had
3: this idea what might be good if they kept this Premier access name it's kind of like a like how disney plus is like hey the ride first open our first x amount of months you pay you get in and then after that then we bring regular fast pass back for it for it and uh something like that Premier access you know kind of like those launch parties and everything they were doing but yeah,
1: but how many attractions do we have opening aside from the one other e-ticket that's opening on Avengers Campus?
3: Well, Disneyland, yeah, that's true. Until they do Tomorrowland, which yeah. who knows when that's gonna happen? Oh, yeah. about ten years from now, it's good. <laughs> yeah, Easily. it's been it keeps put getting put on the back burner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Larry, how do you feel about this?
2: Well, initially, I'm. I'm really relating to what Andrew and Melissa are coming at and points that I could see uh, let's be just completely blunt, blunt the business side of it uh, is yeah. that right now there's no fast pass program currently at the parks here in Disneyland or at Disney World and in Paris they're implementing this to test it out there to see probably like you're saying Hazen, to see if we roll out here but is it really needed is it really something that we should do I think it really depends on, too, what we all mentioned is, you know, we all knew this world of the annual pass program. What's going to happen to that, and how does that play into this, if that does play anything a role in it at all? I I look at it in the side of, do I think this is going to be as popular? Like you just mentioned, they've tried two different variations of this, and it didn't necessarily work those two times. Not saying that that wouldn't work again, or it could work this time, because it could be different waters, right? Different, Different timing, but... For me, I am I think they got rid of the e-ticket system a long time ago for a reason, right? We're talking about how that's w- what this is kind of a callback to. And, and that's because you have to sell to your crowd or your consumer. How is this a uh, magical experience but not a part of where you feel like it's just constantly taking out of the way the experience is the reality of what you're putting into it you know like I have to pay to get in front of the line that's kind of that doesn't feel great right you, you want to feel like there's kind of like getting a fast pass was kind of like there's a little bit of math to it right and then and there was a little bit of like figuring it out like oh if I could get it this time or right there's that that kind of avoided the idea of thinking well I could get at this time but I got to pay nine to fifteen dollars per ride per person not including let's just talk about they've been having a hard time getting people to use the app during this time and I know they're going to probably offer this as something like you would go to City Hall Disneyland, right, uh, or Chamber of Commerce at DCA to probably activate. That would be an option. But the majority of what they want is you to use it in the app, and I don't know if that's going to translate very well either. So I'm on a weary side of it. Uh, I'm I weary because financially it just doesn't feel right. Uh, the other side of me is that you need to go back to see how does this play into – the new variation of what the annual pass will look like to us now.
1: Uh, I mean, you all bring up some really great points. And I'm, I, I I'm kind of conflicted like Melissa on this one because I'll tell you the truth. I actually see some value in it because let's say that you're visiting from out of state. You save up once a year to go to Disneyland. And this is like your vacation. You're going for a weekend You want to try to enjoy the park as much as possible, right? And right now, yes, obviously the crowds are a little more controlled, but part of enjoying the park is obviously uh, being or having the opportunity to ride the attractions that you want to go on. And when you are waiting in a 45 minute to one hour line, barring that there's, you know, that the attraction doesn't go down in the process or that, you know, it it can come up quick enough. You know, if you're in that situation where you're coming once a year and you want to maximize what you do as part of this vacation package you've made for yourself, it's absolutely worth paying the extra nine bucks per attraction to skip the line, quickly write everything, get that out of the way, and enjoy walking around the park or leave early, have lunch, dinner, whatever the case is, right? So Uh, in those cases, I do absolutely see value. Where it becomes a little cumbersome is obviously when you have families of four, families of five, families of six, where all of a sudden, the entry fee alone has become restrictive for most people, uh, let alone having to pay X amount of dollars for each attraction. And it's it's interesting because when Walt was creating Disneyland, his idea was to reinvent the American amusement park, right? Like, you know, we've heard the stories of how he was at Griffith Park and he saw the the carousel with his daughters and he's like, I, I want to do this. I want to do something that's nice and clean and all this other stuff, right? And I think there's uh, – I don't want to call it misinformation, but I think there's a lot of – Well, maybe it is misinformation about how Walt hated carnivals and how he hated boardwalks and everything. And I don't think he necessarily hated them. I just think there was aspects of them that he thought weren't as great that he wanted to make Disneyland better in that sense. Right. And so having to charge for attractions almost makes it feel like more of a carnival aspect, because when you go to a church carnival, a park carnival, or whatever the case is, you're paying per attraction. You're paying for tickets to get on this, to get on that, to play this game, to play that. And, I mean, if it pilots well, who's to say that it's not going to extend to other attractions or to everything else that's available? Who's to say that they won't begin to ticket uh theater you know performances or bring back making the magical map and that's going to be a ticketed event you know so it it is it is waning on i i mean it's becoming less likely for larger families to be able to enjoy disneyland on a more frequent basis the more things become a charge you know to experience in the park Mm -hmm. and it does take a, a little bit away you know, when when you have a, a child that says, hey, let's go ride this and you've run out tickets or you've run out of, you know, whatever you had available to you, you know, to ride that day uh, and the line is two hours long, you know, you're you're going to get upset. And I, I think the people that might struggle the most with something like this are the ones that can't go as often or have more expenses to pay with a, a larger family. Uh, that That's mm-hmm. really where I see the biggest issue with it. But like I said, I, I hate to say it, but I do think that there are instances and there will be people that will be able to take advantage of something like this. And it's going to just make their experience better.
3: 100%. Yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword for sure. It's going to be great for some people, going to be not great for other people. But, you know, hopefully... We don't have to worry about this. That's, that's my hope, that it uh, flops in Paris, and then they just give up trying. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not that not that's a, a thing, but uh, here's, here's our, our little prayer. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I think that if they brought it here, they would try to do something slightly different, where uh, let's say that they reintroduce an annual pass again. Mm-hmm. We know that Disney is investing a lot of money in Disney Genie right now and disney genie is essentially going to serve as your travel agent for your disney vacation now a lot of that is going to be happening over at disney world for quite some time but the fact that Disney's already trying to convert everything over to a virtual queue system is already kind of aligning with what Disney Genie is going to do for you. Because if you're in a virtual queue for something, Disney Genie will begin to suggest what other things are available to you in the park, when you should eat, when, you know, crowds are low in certain places. And it's going to, I mean, there's some websites that actually have done this for years for tourists, where you can mm-hmm. sign up for a monthly plan and, and, You know, you get wait times, you know, itineraries and all sorts of great stuff. But Disney Genie is supposed to consolidate all of this into one app for you. Now, if Disney does that, let's say here at Disneyland, I think what they'll do is if they wanted to pilot something like they did in Paris, they'll probably say, okay, well, this annual pass will allow you to get in the park and you can select three front of the line passes as part of this visit on your annual pass. And so maybe you can't get frontline access for everything on your pass, but maybe they'll give you like one or two that you don't have to pay for or, you know, three or something that you don't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. And next time you come on the annual pass, you'll get a chance to select another three, you know, or you can choose the same three. It doesn't matter. It's up to you. The point is that they're available to you as part of an annual pass, like system that they have where they can cycle through, they can still crowd control, which is what they're all about right now. And I, I I don't think that would be too horrible.
2: I was thinking a little differently. Yeah. I was thinking, let's say it comes back as an annual pass program. All annual passes don't get premier access at all. And that's how they keep the annual pass people within the queues. And then the people that are tourists, you know, they only come every once in a while. So uh, they, like you said, this brings on to that point too. You can come to the park and, you know, set up the Disney Genie to do this and do that. But if you really want to knock out all the rides, you can also add mm. this Premier Pass to these rides and you jump in front of the line of the annual pass holders. So the annual pass holders won't ever get the chance for that. They'll have to be in line, whatever attraction it is, and wait, you know, depending on if people pick Premier Pass that are tourist here or just visiting once in the year or twice or whatnot. They will have to see what the lines look like that day depending on when they show up. You know, that's that's just the way it will be with the annual pass program. That's kind of where I was at, but similar. That's what I was thinking.
1: I actually think that setup is way more likely because you're right. It would allow them to crowd control a lot more if the APs don't have premier access. And so they could, I mean, obviously it would make a lot of people angry, but they could say mm-hmm. – If you want to get premier access for the day, you have to buy a day ticket. You can't use your AP to get into the park. If you buy a day ticket, you can also get premier front of the line pass. But if you get in on your AP, you can use your discounts. You can do whatever you want, but you also have to pay the daily fee to get in. So I, you know what? Now that you're saying that, I kind of can see them doing
2: something like that. And I'm not saying it's really good, but we'll see. You know, I think that's maybe where their thought process is right now as where they're at. But you have to think about, especially specifically here in, you know, California Disneyland, the main group that was bringing lots of lines and taking up the fast passes was the annual pass holder group. So that would be one way to kind of shift uh, the weight of that and try to stay in the middle of maybe the queues stay the same as they are right now, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man, Uh, that is a great point. I,
1: you know, we've said it before that first and foremost, Disney is a a company, right? They have stockholders Mm -hmm. that they have to report to, they are a company just like any other, and their business is to make magic for us, right? It's something that we experience and it's an experience that we are paying for, just like going to the movies or going, you know, to do other experiences as well. And uh, yeah, I mean. The, like the more that I think about it, the more I feel like that is the more likely route for them. So, uh, I guess we'll see. I have to agree with Andrew, though. I I I want to <laughs> pray to the attraction gods that you know <laughs> that they they don't limit it like that because the the ability to go whenever we wanted. Um, You know, with kids, I think it's much harder to enjoy an entire day in the parks because they get fussy. They get tired. Uh, There's all the additional stuff you have to carry, like strollers and all that stuff if they're younger. Uh, And one of the beautiful things about going when we were APs is that we could just go for one or two hours. We would walk around. We would ride a couple of attractions. The kids got tired. And boom, we got in the car and came home because we could always go back another day.
3: You know, and... The kids get tired. I get fussy and tired, and I carry around <laughs> too many bags. I wish I had a <laughs> stroller. I, like, I don't know what kids, I get fussy. Come on, man. I'll tell you what,
1: buddy. I'll tell you what. The next time we're in the park, I'll take a uh, baby Bjorn, and I'll just, like, strap you to it. I'll carry you around the park. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Sounds perfect. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, nice and cozy. Uh, well, If you have uh, any thoughts on this, you know, the speculation, obviously, because we don't know what's going to happen with the annual pass system, uh, what you think is going to happen. Would you pay for front of the line passes if that was something that Disney was doing? And if they did, how much would it hinder your ability to come or even enjoy the parks if you had to pay for the day ticket on top of getting these attraction Uh, passes. Uh, Again, join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook or on the Discord server. We'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, share them on an upcoming episode as well. Hey, so before we wrap up the podcast, I just got to say happy anniversary to Haunted Mansion (laughs) Holiday. We officially got the news that Haunted Mansion Holiday is coming back. This is something that we had already posted on our Instagram account and We had speculated that it was coming back when we got word that the mansion was closing for roughly a month. We pretty much took that as confirmation that uh, Haunted Mansion Holiday was coming out or coming back, rather. And we just want to send a shout out to members of the FGP squad like Heather, who sent the information over to us as well, confirming, asking. Um, I think we had uh, other... Uh, Other friends of ours commenting as well and sending us messages saying, you know, or asking to confirm if it was or wasn't coming back. Uh, So, yeah, this gingerbread house that they've announced, uh, I just think is going to be absolutely gorgeous. Uh, It's got elements from every single year and every single gingerbread house Mm -hmm. that they've ever made inside of the Haunted Mansion. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I... It, it's, it feels weird to say, but one, Disney, you owe me a check for bringing the holidays back in the middle of the year in the summer. Um, because it's not <laughs> yeah. like I haven't <laughs> talked about it at least on three different episodes. But also, uh, I felt, uh, it's it's weird to say, i I felt like things were more normal for me all of a sudden when I saw the gingerbread house coming back. <laughs> if I know that may sound weird to you because I haven't even been to the park yet. My trip is coming very soon, but it's it, the announcement of the gingerbread house for some reason felt like there was a little more normal in my life, especially because the ginger. I mean, the Hunter Mansion holiday coming back means that the holidays in the park are coming back and Christmas. I know that you guys are big Halloween people.
3: I'm a Christmas guy.
1: Right on, right on. <laughs> And that's how I feel, right? Like Christmas is so special to me in the parks that that's what it symbolized to me, that it's coming back to the mansion, which means the holidays are coming back. And I I got the warm and fuzzies, man. I was on board. The fact that it's a special year, you know, for Haunted Mansion holiday, two decades. That's insane. It doesn't even feel like it's been that
3: long. Now, is this a, is this a, actually, it's been 21, it's, so, I'm, uh, I lost my image. So, it is 20 years, um, but only uh, 19 years uh, operating, I believe is. Yes. It's the 20th yes. anniversary of the first opening. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah I'm looking at the image right now. So.
1: Uh, I think the gingerbread house for last year, we were going to love it. And so, oh yeah, that's <laughs> uh, yep. that's that's the cliff I'm standing on. I'm holding up a little lion, and I'm like, "This is the mansion during Christmas time." <laughs> <Ta-boom, laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> uh, way to mix franchises, Hazen. Way to mix franchises. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I I can't wait until I have an opportunity to see that gingerbread house. Off the top of your head, I know this is a, a super super huge thing to ask. Obviously because we didn't really have a chance to research this but in the times that you've had an opportunity to see the gingerbread houses in the mansion is there one that specifically sticks out in your head as like ah this is the one i remember this is the one that i love
0: i'm going to i'm looking back and the one that i remember the most is the oogie boogie bug infested house mm. that had like all the creepy crawlies all around that was really cool um can I just say I like all of them. I love all of them. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: <laughs> the one that I I I remember the most, um, I think it was from a few years ago with uh, the they had all of the like zombie zombie gingerbread men oh, and it was yeah. like the it was the haunted mansion and they had the zombie gingerbread man. That's the one that I remember the most. I've seen you know a good chunk of them, you know, over the past ten years having a pass. So um I don't remember all of them. Um I think I remember something popping out of something. Uh um I think there was one like where the the mansion was like a like a monster and it like opened yes. up. Um Yeah. So there there's a lot but the the one with the with the zombie gingerbread man that's the one that I I can like close my eyes and picture it yeah i don't i can't i remember the element
2: that they're showing this image of the house but the 2013 13 days of christmas when the ride had something open up Mm. each time Mm -hmm. on that point which made it really cool i wasn't here but i really liked that idea things would open up on certain days that period of that ride at that time really stuck with me that's one of my favorite times for the overall ride the gingerbread house and i just don't care anytime i roll through that section i'm literally like just just yes. clearing the nostrils <laughs> just ready to suck in all that gingerbread <laughs> smell as much as i can i'm pretty sure my sinuses take the most brunt of what they ever did the whole year to prepare <laughs> for that moment just to go through that spot because i love it that's my favorite part
1: uh yeah i mean there's so many great designs um I forgot what year it was, but um, the year that they did... So there's three that really stand out to me. There's obviously the latest one, which was the one that was for the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. Uh, It's the one that resembled the mansion the most, and obviously it had the big Mm -hmm. 50 on the front, and that one was really special, obviously, because of the anniversary of the mansion itself. But the two other ones that stand out, uh, there was one where... It looked like the side of of the – I don't know if it was supposed to symbolize like Spiral Hill or what it was, but it was the mansion with a big oogie boogie cookie in the back. And there was like a part of the mansion Mm -hmm. that was waving out on the side or something. And it had like all the candy and spiders and all that stuff all over it. That one was super cool. Uh, And then they had the one that looked like a coffin – that was it wasn't a house but it was an actual coffin that was it's opening like a co- yeah, 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 yeah 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 that one was super super cool um yeah and then there was the, the when was the year with the big old spider on top of it with the big like oh. christmas widow looking <laughs> thing is that 2017 2018
0: maybe that's uh one or... no that was 2018 18
3: fighting, right? spider yeah i thought yeah. 17 was that the... one was pretty cool Ma- i think that's the 17th Does... with the bugs oh, okay okay i'm pretty yeah sure. i thought i'm, that I'm going the boogie, off of right is that if if you go if you go on the disney parks blog website there is a image of this uh the 2021 uh gingerbread house and they have a side-by-side ship pointing out all of the, the elements that are from each year. So, you know, it shows the like 2014, the zombie uh, gingerbread men and, uh, you know, 2019, it has the, the busts, which was the 50th anniversary and, you know, stuff like that. So you can kind of see, you know, this it shows the big spider for 2018. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole it's very cool seeing all of this all combined into one one uh, gingerbread house.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah, I oh, agree. Me too. <laughs> uh it's it's I don't know what the size is. I didn't go through the entire article because I was so mesmerized by <laughs> just the graphics <laughs> of it and what it represented. But I'm sure that the footprint of this gingerbread house will break records as far as what mm-hmm. other gingerbread houses have done in the past. So I'm eager to see more, eager to see it in person. If you haven't had an opportunity, uh, head over to the Instagram account because we posted what the concept art was going to look like. Uh, I'm also going to post it in the blog post for the episode at podcasterscom 369. But Instagram will be the best place for you to see that. If you're not following us, it's a great time to start following us. Um, anything else before we wrap this up other than Disney? Send me my check. we good
0: just happy that halloween is coming that's it yeah
1: it's on the way yep you know the one thing i love about halloween is the cadaver dance it's my favorite (laughs) part of the halloween season in the parks i don't know what it is about the cadaver dance but i don't know that just it's one of the coolest images that you can get uh when you're roaming around for halloween so all right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, again, next week, uh, we're going to be posting another uh, after show over on Patreon. We're going to be diving into Black Widow a little bit more, and we're going to be talking about the series finale of the Loki on Disney+. Plus. If you have any questions or if you have anything that you'd like to send to us that we can mention on the after show, hit us up uh, over on Discord. Send us a message on Instagram. And we will include it in that show. So hope to see you there. If you are not part of the FGP squad again, head over to podcasterscom FGP for more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad family. If you have any questions, make sure to send us a message. We'll be happy to connect with you. So that's it. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward. And always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. see ya T23
2: Royal Rumble 22 22 (laughs)